Hello, I'm Delia Delore and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking, the podcast where we dissect popular mottos, mantras and metaphors. We trace their origins and discover how they translate to our everyday life. Each week, we introduce a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression. But this week, we have two guests and I will share a story with you. And I'm telling you, you will shake your head. The metaphor that made my story take shape is one that we've all experienced at some time or another, but it's not as popular as some of the metaphors we've discussed on the show. Today's metaphor is, it's an ill wind that blows no one any good. But most of us just say it's an ill wind. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about my ill wind later. Well, it's a kind of roundabout way, ill wind, but I know that you're going to be interested. Today's guests are Francesca McMahon and Nazir Simmons from the Metaphorically Speaking team. We had fun and you will too, so stay with us. The metaphor, it's an ill wind, has been refined and shortened from the original and adapted into a briefer tenant as people became accustomed to its meaning. But what was the original meaning and do they both lead to the same explanation? If you've noticed a change in your luck recently, either for the better or for the worse, or maybe you've seen a difference in the fortunes of a friend, or perhaps the destiny of an entire nation has been in the balance, then you may wonder why, or look for the root cause. Adversity and prosperity are a fine balance and often work hard together to cancel each other out. It's an ill wind works in the same way. The more trouble or misfortune we have to endure can lead us to greater success. As with many British sayings and proverbs, it's an ill wind originates from an old seafaring speech and was first recorded in John Haywood's 1546 book of Proverbs as an ill wind that bloweth no man to good men say. A direct translation of this may relate to bad weather and specifically wind, which can blow a ship, of course, to where the sailor doesn't want to go. A few years later, in 1591, Shakespeare used similar words in the play Henry VI, which read, Ill blows the wind that profits nobody. Henry's son continues to describe how he murdered a man to steal his belongings, yet they may kill him for the same reason as he is now the holder of the stolen property. Although it is the prefix which taunts the text, as if to profess his awareness of events, and they could never be so bad that he would succumb to any danger. In translation, a detailed version may have read, The wind would need to be extremely unlucky should it not blow any good fortune in somebody's direction. And yet those changes in fortune fluctuate from good to bad, and from bad to good, depending on different individual standpoints. In 2016, Radiohead were concerned with bad fortune in their song, Ill Wind. They advised ways to avoid the associated effects by dodging certain conversations and not putting oneself in harm's way.
Avoidance is all very well, but you can't stop the wind blowing. It's an ill wind that blows nobody any good, evolves Shakespeare's words and shortens to form our chosen metaphor, it's an ill wind. Other variations exist which add blows no good or blows no one any good. But a modern, more accurate translation would seek to exchange the word ill for unlucky and wind for event. But to say it's an unlucky event doesn't have the same lyrical power. The premise, however, is the same. A person or persons can make gains from the unfortunate circumstances of another person or persons. The scale of an ill wind needn't be huge, like a frightening storm, but a more personal problem like love. In her version of the 1955 song Ill Wind, Billie Holiday sings about the hardships of love and how life, including the weather, becomes subdued and reflects one's feelings. Today, it's an ill wind often describes a major or severe event. People clearly noticed changes of fortune in the worst situations, such as war. Obvious benefactors in war are the arms manufacturers and suppliers who gain from every shot fired or every weapon used in warfare. To aid with the consequences of those weapons being used, manufacturers and suppliers of healthcare supplies and equipment are unfortunate benefactors, so too the services of undertakers. The black market and profiteers are next in the chain of good fortune, where the price for scarce items rises, which is modern economic supply and demand, but without regulations, and they exploit the situation. Sadly, of course, many die in the ill wind of war, with offences ruining businesses beyond repair. But as conflicts ease or become resolved, there is a desperate need for the battle weary to return to a life they once had, which drives demand for legitimate foods and luxury goods. Businesses can grow again and prosper in ways which they hadn't dreamed of before the war. Soul singer Edwin Starr's single, War, explains the fundamental futility of waging war.
it to me. It is fortunate that we don't always find ourselves in the severity of war to appreciate large changes which are initially deemed ill winds. Brexit is a great example. Britain leaving the European Union has and is still causing difficulties in many areas of our lives. Manufacturers trying to expand and sell products within Europe and travel makers looking to visit Europe for their holidays are two such struggles. Tourism in several European countries has suffered as UK travellers stay away. Yet, staycations benefited the homegrown tourist industry throughout the length and breadth of the country during the same period. Remaining at home has given people more to explore their own passions, learn new skills and turn hobbies into successful ventures. Singing comedians Flanders and Swan sang about an ill wind in the 60s. The song has a double meaning with the singer Michael Flanders singing about his new passion to learn a wind instrument, badly to the displeasure of his neighbours. However, the French horn goes missing, much to their relief. There was the case, but the horn itself was missing. The mechanics have gone, haven't you, hasn't anyone seen my horn? The mechanics have gone, what a blow, now I know I'm unable to play my allegro. That horn, I bet you a quit. Somebody did, knowing I found a concerto and wanted to play it. Afraid of my talent of playing the horn, for early to date, and my utter dismay, it had vanished away like the dew in the That horn, I know I was using it yesterday. I've lost that horn, lost that horn, found that horn, gone. The stock was so much so I didn't pay a report. The recent COVID-19 epidemic has blown several ill winds at us. Even if we ignore the consequences of contracting the virus, the related effects are extensive. Worries about health risks, avoidance tactics and struggles to continue with normal life are just a handful of obstacles. The greatest need for social distances has been the largest struggle. Staying away from work caused many industries to collapse, businesses suffered along with employees. But despite the ills, it allowed many of us to step back and examine our lives. Those workers followed or given restricted work hours or given the opportunity to work at home underwent a new working ethos. The result of more time spent at home in isolation gave people the opportunity to focus on their work-life balance and to examine a change in career path. 
the ill wind, again blowing different directions, because as the pandemic subsides, several industry sectors struggle to keep employees as workers return to different jobs and alternative working hours. However, some workers may find it hard to adjust back into the office workplace, having worked from home for an extended period. Uh, Tom, is it possible you're in denial? Huh? Well, it feels like you haven't really come to terms with being back at the office after all this time at home. What office? Can you hear me? What? Yeah. I can't hear you, man. Are you okay? I'm right here. Well, still can't hear you. You're probably on mute. Huh? Yeah, okay. So you need to click join audio. I'm right here. It's in the bottom left corner of your screen. I'm right here. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? No, it's the bottom left corner. Jeremy, now I can't see you either. Video conferencing has developed through the COVID-19 epidemic and has become a productive mainstay blown in by the ill wind. Many procedural changes forced upon us have added significant benefits, including improvements in police operations and the apprehension of criminals. Pre-pandemic, there was an increase in petty crime. However, police detection rates did not increase because of several reasons, including a reduction in manpower. With new rules related to social distancing and additional movement restrictions, the pandemic offered an opportunity to exploit and grow a new policing approach called self-selection policing. The premise of SSP is that criminals who commit larger crimes undertake smaller crimes. Incidences of criminal activity continue during a pandemic, however, they are more noticeable. When criminals undertake their more serious crimes, they are more likely to speed on the empty, quieter roads, and they are less likely to wear masks on public transport, and hence easier to spot and apprehend. Whilst foreseeing omens or predicting danger can have benefits, getting it correct is never easy, as we'll discuss further on. Just as hard is being listened to, as Richmond, in the IT crowd, finds out. Hey, where are you lot off to? Oh, look, Richmond's still alive. <laughs> We're going to the theatre. Hey, do you want to come? Oh, no. No, thank you, and you shouldn't go either. Why not? An ill wind is blowing. <laughs> Last night, I was stirred from my slumber by a crow calling three times. Caw. Caw. Well, you know what a crow sounds like. Passing to my window, I trod on a piece of Lego. Oh, it went right in the heel. Turning on my television set, I noticed the reception wasn't great. Not terrible, just not great. Hear me well. No good can come of your trip to the theatre tonight. No good at all. And if you ask me... <laughs> that's just bloody rude. With these thoughts fresh in our minds, it's time to catch up with Francesca McMahon, one of our writers, and Nasir Simmons, assistant producer from the Metaphorically Speaking team. And it's also time for the story I mentioned earlier.
when you hear the expression or the metaphor it's an ill wind what goes through your mind i think as a filmmaker what immediately goes through my mind is that when you're on set everything kind of is a little bit of its own ill wind like every little thing someone going up on a ladder uh gaffers moving around like electrical wires and just like wind when these concerns these bad omens are kind of too heavy you have to do something to you know assure yourself for safety or like you know personal security um but I, again, just like wind, when these concerns are kind of light, they just bounce right off your chest. Um, it's just airflow and can actually serve as a little bit of a motivator, you know, to achieve something greater. These little small things that you're, these little small challenges that you're overcoming day by day. Can you remember when you first heard the term? I tried to think about when I did, and I just can't put my finger on it, but I do know that it's one of those metaphors that when someone just says it, you kind of just get it don't you? You kind of just get that it means something bad, but perhaps it will pass. Do you get it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like always understood it. Can't really, doesn't come to mind. First time I ever heard it. Sadly, mm -hmm. can't. But I know that you need to dash off, so I won't keep you for too long, but thank you for being part of our team. But I know that you are a filmmaker. Maybe you'd like to share uh, with our listeners where they can find you. You know me so well. Yes, I would. Mm -hmm. um, you can find some more of my work at nasirallah.com, which is N-A-S-I-R-A-L-L-A-H.com. Okay, great. Well, I know that in England, the weather is always different. I know when we were interviewing, uh, recording this, it was a blazing hot, but uh, enjoy it and ensure that an ill wind doesn't pass through you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'll try. Thanks, Nasir. And we are joined by Francesca, who's also a member of our Metaphorically Speaking team. Tell our listeners what you do, Francesca. Yes. Hi, everyone. So uh, I am one of the scriptwriters for Metaphorically Speaking, and uh, I'm also an author in my spare time. I've only been with the team for a little while, um, but I've been enjoying it a lot. And uh, I think by this point, people should have definitely heard a few of the uh, episodes that I wrote for. But it's been a lot of fun. And I've been learning a lot more about metaphors. Than I yeah. <laughs> Tell our listeners which metaphors that you've written about. Uh, so it was The Roots of Education. The Roots of Education are bitter, but the fruit is sweet. That's the one. <laughs> um, and then the other was Blood is Thicker Than Water. They've been a lot of fun uh, looking into them and also listening to all the other episodes that the other members of the script team have worked on. It is interesting how many different metaphors there are and like the histories behind them and their usage. Yeah, so what do you make of this one this week? It's an ill wind. I'd actually never heard this one before, so it definitely surprised me. So when I was looking into what it meant, I was surprised the way in which it's phrased. Um, it's something just I hadn't fully expected. Like it's an ill wind. Like you immediately think of just, oh, it's got a negative connotation, which it does, but it also has an almost positive one of like, yeah, something bad may be happening, but something good could come out of it. Um, and I quite like that, like, even though it's got this negative sounding element to it. Sometimes the secondary part that comes with it, which is that blows nobody any good, which yes. kind of makes it sound a little bit more negative. <laughs> yes. But it's still 
positive-ish. I like when you said positive-ish because I was talking to someone deep who's also an editor in the team and talking about certain stories that kind of demonstrated to me what an ill wind was about and I thought I've got to share this with the listeners because I know in a horrible way someone's going to say oh yeah I've been there done that or I've heard about this and this happened a very very long time ago oh must be about nearly 20 years ago so imagine me in my youth in love I lived with my partner at the time he come home with one of his friends so I got to know his friend very well then his friend brought his girlfriend along and um, I didn't get to know her very well because she only came maybe three times or something like that and then one day um, my boyfriend walks in with his friend and another girl so they go in the living room I quickly realize that this other girl is now maybe a new girlfriend so I go I ask my my boyfriend to come in the kitchen to help me with something and so he says to me in the kitchen I say so when did he split up with the other one he said no no that's his other girlfriend I said what he's got two girlfriends he said yes and very calm like yeah that's his other girlfriend so I said let me tell you something we're going to go back into that room and you need to make an excuse to ask them to leave because I know the first girlfriend and I don't feel comfortable entertaining a second girlfriend because I know the first girlfriend and I just think it's disrespectful and I, I don't feel comfortable. So he goes, oh, no, no, it's my friend. I know. And I'm not telling him that and so on and so forth. And I thought, well, yeah, OK. I said, well, if you don't do it, I'm giving you five minutes to somehow ask them to leave. And I don't know how, but yeah, I know you need some time to think about how you're going to do it, but you need to do it. So five minutes goes doesn't he doesn't say anything so I you know when you know someone you know when that person's going to say something so I'm just about to open my mouth and say something to say look I think you you know and I'll just tell them the truth basically because that's how I am Mm. so um so he says to the guy oh you know I just remembered so and so said something whatever I think we should go there he's got a drink or something you know in those days you know people like to think of drinks oh he's got this drink or whatever So a few months go by and his first girlfriend, now she never calls me. She calls me, she got my number. I'm thinking, that's strange. As I pick up the phone and she says, hey, how are you doing? Okay. So I'm thinking, why are you? She says, oh, I'm sorry to call you, but this is an emergency. There's a family emergency and I'm trying to find the boyfriend and I can't find your partner. I keep me calling. I, I really needed to let him know there's something going on in the family. So I said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't seen him. Uh, it's been a while, but um, I hope you enjoyed your trip last week. She said, um, last week? I said, yeah, last week. The two of you, um, you went to wherever it was. I hope you enjoyed it. And the phone just went down. I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe lost connection or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a straight out of Love Island situation. I, I, know, I know the listeners are thinking, oh, this is a long story, but I know that you're, you're hooked, right? To know what happens oh, yeah. then, right? Yeah. Okay. So then about half an hour later, my boyfriend storms in and he says, what the, do you think you, you know, you're doing telling this girl that they went away? I said, but you told me that he, your friend went away with his girlfriend last week. He said, no, it wasn't that one. It was the other one. I said, good. I said, well, I didn't do it on purpose. I did not do it on purpose. And I feel so sad for this girl. I just dropped yeah. it on her. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. I said, good. I'm, I'm glad it's happened because he shouldn't be doing that. So that's my kind of way of describing it. It's an ill wind because 
it was not good at all. But at least she knew. And so she was able to do something about it. And good for her. She did drop into the curb. He did. She did leave him. You know, like a lot of people, they stay and they try to work it out. And she did. And she called me back and she said, look, do you know any, about any more incidences where he's done this? I said, look, I really don't know. My brother just had a go at me, but I didn't know. And she said, well, I'm just calling a couple of people. And they've told me that he, he, he's been doing this a long time. So I'm out. I said, well, I don't really want to get involved. You know, already I'm in trouble. But I, don't, I think it's good trouble, you know. Mm. Same way, ill wind, it's good trouble because, you know, you said earlier, it's kind of negative-ish, you know. It starts negative, but you can get a positive out of it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's sort of the way to look at it with that phrase is there will be something good that comes out of it. Even if it's just a small good, like just a small thing that's good coming out of something that's incredibly bad that's still good that's still something to focus on at the end of it so the whole thing where like a lot of people can get in the mindset of thinking of things negatively and taking things in a a negative way but looking at it from the perspective of like an ill wind there is going to be a bit of good somewhere so if you just focus on that little bit of good so obviously this situation that you just brought up it was absolutely awful for her she's had this guy who's been cheating on her this whole time and seemingly a lot of people around her knew as well possibly even the friends that she was actually close with and they hadn't said anything and all of that is awful but finding out means that she can get rid of that guy throw him out the door mm-hmm. and move on and find something better in her life so all the terrible stuff around it she's got that small little bit of good which at the end of the day is better for her in that situation and that's often the case mm-hmm. I find when there's a small little bit of good in a terrible situation that small little bit of good is going to be the thing that you remember the most later and you know and this is totally unrelated I thought of another way of how we could uh, describe an ill wind mm. of the anatomy <laughs> <laughs> more than an ill wind but it could make you ill you know I mean one thing when you have your own ill wind and you've got to kind of surround yourself in it but when somebody else does it that Mm -hmm. I think that's worse (laughs) especially if you've eaten something you know like spicy upset (laughs) there's another take on uh it's an ill wind yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but can you remember when you might have come across hearing it I don't think I have actually ever heard it before like I've heard of situations like but I don't think I've ever heard the specific phrasing ones that have been similar just like some good will come out of this it's like a similar phrasing I, th- I think I've heard things that are like adjacent to this phrase but I don't think I've ever heard this one specifically mm-hmm. um but now I have I think I'm definitely gonna be keeping an eye out for it to see if I can find it anywhere because maybe I just haven't really noticed it's like sometimes there are some of these metaphors and phrases where you just see them around enough that you don't really pick up on them so maybe I have seen it and I've just not been aware of it because I've not really thought of it about it yeah and I think that's one of the things that as you you mentioned earlier about metaphors you know we learn so much about them and we find as well that the meaning that I may have might be something different from you it all depends on your culture really the settings and the when it was said you know it could be most of them from your childhood and I think that a lot of metaphors that I've heard they come from trying to either to reprimand you to say don't bother don't go there or 
it's used like in a story to help you to understand like the moral of the story you know those kind of things it helps mm. it's a little story that you just drop a one line that kind of explains the story or a methodology it's easier sometimes to and it's more relatable to the situation that you're in or the situation that you're trying to help somebody else to understand you know that's what I mm. love about metaphors yeah me too I think it definitely it the way in which you can think about them as well like obviously being part of the script team for this podcast I've been thinking more deeply about different metaphors and how they can be applied and things like that whereas I hadn't before so just kind of taking like a little time out of your day after maybe even listening to one of these episodes and just thinking about the metaphor that was discussed thinking about how it can be applied to your own life as well it's something that can add a little bit more to your way of thinking about life yeah metaphors they always have their place even if people don't think so um and as someone who got a, <laughs> like degrees to do with like English and creative writing and all that sort of stuff I'm glad to know that metaphors and people are becoming more aware of how important metaphors are yeah yeah and you know and I also think very much the metaphors that we discuss on this show become for me conversational pieces when I'm out I might be with oh, yeah. my friends and I said did you know that blah 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 oh we were working on this metaphor this week and you know, I'll talk about it and they say, no way, I didn't know that. The metaphors are just so interesting. And you, you don't have to take a long time to explain it. You just say a metaphor and then someone will come up with a story. So, oh, my mother used to say that all the time. And it's just, it just opens up conversations and stories and, and laughter. Because a lot of the time, even though some of the, the metaphors might seem negative, mm. people find a story and attach it to something funny or they attach it to a regret, like, oh, gosh, when they told me that, I really should have listened, blah, blah, blah. But now I've learned from it. And, you know, and it happened again. And I turned it around. And I've definitely had a few cases like that. Um, oh, I can't think of any now, though. It's that, it's that usual thing, isn't it? Like, you're just yeah. like, oh, I've definitely had that. I can't remember a case, but, but I know they- I've definitely had it. <laughs> Um, but I know I've definitely discussed like the different metaphors here and there like when I was like researching for um, Blood is Thicker Than Water for example like the moment I would find something whoever was in the room with me I immediately wanted to go like say to them like hey I've just learned something really interesting do you want to hear about it even if they didn't want to hear oh well Francesca thank you for being part of our team you have what you have written some wonderful scripts as I I say to the team members and I send you a note as well I look forward always to reading your scripts because I find out a lot of information and I think that you know the way that you explain it makes me go back and see how I've used it and helps me in relation to producing the show and to putting my own spin on it during the show Uh, your work really assists me in that so thank you for that and thank you for talking to me about it's an ill wind no worries this has been a lot of fun Let us continue on our journey of discovery by further dissecting It's an Ill Wind. Most proverbs and metaphors get carved from and generated by the repetition of historic references and happenings. They don't predict the future, instead make a good stab at a likely outcome based on the past. Inevitably, they become overused and cliché. But they are also good at preceding texts, audio and visual content, which need a recognisable hook. It's an ill wind is no exception, as it combines luck, struggle, change and success. 
The more successful take the literal sense of wind, mixing it with the past, as comedy writer Rory McGrath shows us. Blind? <laughs> you ask me, your master's playing for time. Oh, yeah, he did not grab it all. Oh. Is he your master, then, Bishop of Yes. We've been together a long time. Well, the bishop's been together longer than I have. <laughs> Yes, well, it's always nice to meet a fellow underling. Do you know Cornwall at all? Oh, yes, very well. I once got washed up on a beach there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was blown up by the Ministry of Defence. Well, you know what we say down there? You can blow someone up on a beach. But you can't make a horse drink. <laughs> oh, you've heard? Oh, yes. How about this? It's an ill wind yeah. that's blowing from your Wellington boots. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's the mackerel. Our metaphor discusses the good that can come from unlikely events, even those which appear to have no benefit. In October 1987, the UK had a literal ill wind when a great storm arrived. Noted as a once-in-a-200-year event, with the previous equivalent great storm recorded in 1703, the overnight UK storm shocked the country, as it is not a usual sufferer of extreme weather. Unfortunately, no weather forecasters predicted the storm, with winds recorded at 115 miles per hour in Shoreham-by-Sea in West Sussex, and a sudden temperature rise recorded at Mortimer in Berkshire of almost 8 degrees centigrade in just 20 minutes at 10.20 at night. The country did indeed see unusual weather. 18 people died, along with the severe damage, which included blown-off roofs and tiles scattered like confetti, cars flipped over, windows shattered, fences toppled, a ferry dumped on a Kent beach, thousands of homes left without power, and the destruction of over 15 million trees, accounting to over 4 million cubic metres of timber. The storm was without doubt an ill wind, yet some positives emerged following an internal inquiry by the Met Office. Increases in Atlantic data gathering were called for and updates to computer modelling, training and severe weather warnings to help predict future severe weather events. The enormous loss of dense, mature canopies also gave more enlightened landowners the opportunity to address woodland management, allowing newer trees and planting to thrive in their place. Storms and severe weather episodes often worry people or scare them, but as winds dissipate, they can have an expected benefit. Winds transform into relaxing sounds of whooshing and buffeting breezes. If our slow radio didn't send you to sleep, one more observation about our metaphor this week. It's an ill wind. It was made by me. Remember I told you about that sudden different smell in the air? (laughs) This week's metaphor, it's an ill wind, has a change of circumstances at its core and builds an optimism when unfortunate events occur. It can relate to minor problems, 
but focuses more on the larger, often cataclysmic events, which can affect us all for worse and for better. Change is unavoidable and grave news is inevitable, but focusing and working with these often desperate ill-wind situations provides a successful defence against misfortune and can lead to positive outcomes previously unexplored. Thanks for listening to this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new today. I know I did. Thank you, Francesca and Nazaire, for sharing your thoughts and understanding of our chosen metaphor. Thank you to our scriptwriter, Matt Lucas, who provided a great in-depth to the metaphor and showed me that, I'm sure, like many of us, we use metaphors to suit our situations and not necessarily in the way that metaphors were originally created to be used. The team would love you to leave a review on Colourful or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is available on Apple, Spotify and all major streaming platforms. And please share with your friends and of course, subscribe. If you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, why not email us at info at metaphoricallyspeaking.uk. Before I go, I would like to share with you a limerick from the famous American poet Ogden Nash. The oboe's a horn made of wood. I'd play you a tune if I could. But the reeds are a pain and the fingering's insane. It's the ill wind that no one blows good. Using the metaphor in a literal sense, and even though he didn't master the oboe, his words gave benefit to successful poetry. Join us for another metaphor next week. Until then, I'm Dee Little Law. Please keep safe. Bye for now.